TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 417, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter from West Hollywood. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Greg, the enthusiast from St. Louis, two hours later than y'all. Ah, okay. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, it seems that Netflix is playing around with a shuffle feature, because binging doesn't make sense. I just, out of curiosity... Would you guys be interested in in Netflix Netflix shuffling the content that you're getting? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, 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 I want to watch it in the order it's supposed to be seen, not randomly. Well, not the order. I don't think they're going to shuffle the episodes, but it's like they're going to shuffle the shows. So you'll watch an episode of Umbrella Academy, and then they'll give you an episode of queer eye or something or an episode like like that like that, that's what yeah, i mean by but, shuffle but then i have to go and out and and track down what i the next episode of what i actually want to watch instead of what they want to well, tell I mean, me I, I think i think you get to choose whether or not to put it on shuffle i don't think they're going to do it against your will well i don't know because you know i mean they've got like autoplay against my will whenever <laughs> i go through their their list so you know i have no idea if they're just going to sort of shove it at you and then you have to take an extra step to actually watch what you want to which is, is frankly what it sounded like no it says it's a shuffle feature so to me that means that you could turn it on and off mm, well um, if it's it's if it's that then i i don't care it's fine but you know. <laughs> but you're not interested in it i've never been yeah. interested but yeah okay um that's something that I'm believes or something i mean it's yeah, it seems ridiculous. Like, who turns on Netflix and goes, hey, I wish I could shuffle this? No, nobody. Um, Last Man Standing got renewed for season eight for the five, well, more than five people apparently watching that, but not us. <laughs> the Gifted and Rel have both been canceled at Fox, and no one is surprised by either of those cancellations. No. No. Uh, Pablo Schreiber is set to play the Master Chief in the TV show Halo for Showtime. And Peter, where'd you say he's famous from? He's uh, The first one is Orange is the New Black. He's Porn Stash. All right, and then and he's, he's on... He's um, now in American Gods as Mad Sweeney. Right. He's the brother of Lieb Schreiber, by the way. Oh, that was wondering why it's... it's oh, they don't... Well, they're both They don't big. look anything alike. I was about to say, oh, big very, dudes. Very, very big. I was about to say, they're both really big dudes, but other than that, I would not have guessed they were brothers. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Swamp Thing episode order has been reduced by DC Universe. That is not a good sign. Because people were like, well, you know, uh, Titans was not that good, but... Uh, God, what's the... <laughs> what was Doom Patrol's better... And so Swamp Thing's going to be even better. So the network is just getting better. But if you're if they're reducing episode orders, that means Swamp Thing is not better, and they realize it. So don't hold your breath, guys. All right, if uh, let's move on to the shows. Uh, we recorded a 
post-Game of Thrones party podcast with a room full of people and a party going on uh, outside the room. And it was crazy and chaotic and awesome. Go find it. But for the couple of people who didn't come to my party, shame on you. I mean, Greg has an excuse. He was in St. Louis. Peter Peter just was like, I want to watch it with my friends. Uh, (laughs) You guys... What did you think? Speak really quickly. What did you think of the Game of Thrones premiere? Um, yeah, I mean, it just uh, it was fantastic. It was like a curtain call. I mean, you brought almost all the actors, um, you know, characters back to Winterfell. And so it was great because so many of those characters hadn't been together for such a long time. And it was great that they actually took the time to make the interactions actually happen between some of the main characters. I mean, I actually had to go back and watch it because... You know, after it was uh, done, I think I watched the episode three times. I was wow. like, where's Brienne? I was like, um, and, and where's... She was, uh, Brienne, Brienne and Podrick were standing in the background. Yeah, they were standing in the background. They had no lines of dialogue. So <laughs> I didn't know that they were in the episode. Um, but I really liked, uh, yeah, I mean, the interactions. I mean, all the history between, you know, Sansa and uh, Tyrion, um, you know, that kind of played out. Um as well as uh, Arya and uh, Jon Snow, um, it, it was just it was great. Um, really enjoyed it, and of course, you know that, that was you know it was the opening episode. Um, you know, great way to end the episode um, with Jamie uh, coming to Winterfell as well, and like seeing Bran and just kind of seeing that whole interaction between just the glance between the two, and knowing that that him pushing him out of the window was kind of like the whole start of this whole series. It was great. Uh, Peter, pretty much, pretty much agree with everything uh, Greg said. I had rewatched season seven finale about a, a few days before the premiere of eight, um, which was a good refresher. And yes, from the reviews I've read, it sounded like the premiere really did a lot of callbacks to the first season for, for, to the pilot and everything. And uh, yeah, that was great. The only thing I would add is I really liked that while the episode was mostly just getting the pieces in place, you know, the table dressing or whatever. I really did love the end with that, I guess, weird kid on the wall thing. Like, because that reminded me also oh, with the white walkers and they made that right. spiral pattern. Yeah. And that was really creepy. Like, especially because the, the guy, the wildling, the guy, the, the one who somehow survived, the, oh, Tor- the, Tormund, yeah. the red haired guy. Right, like he turns and you see the eye, the blue eye. Like that was pretty, pretty good, creepy moment where I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Like, uh, I but, was, I remember I, that I was yelling at the screen, like, "Turn!" Everybody around! was, everyone was like starting to scream. Um, but yeah, it was great. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about uh, the, you know, finishing this uh, last season. So, yeah, thumbs up. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Killing Eve, and. I don't remember if we talked about the premiere. Did we talk? We did, right? Yes, we did. No, I, well, I think that's that's all that's that's aired so far. No, we've had two. Premiere. No, there's two episodes have aired. Do we have two episodes? Yes. Uh, they, they, I guess they're just bleeding together in my mind. Well, all maybe right. we didn't talk about the premiere because I'm looking on my list and I don't have it. All right, so Killing Eve had a great premiere um, in that it takes place five seconds after the finale. So... Eve has just stabbed Villanelle, and Villanelle is running from her own people because she's, you know, she shot and killed, like, her handler, and she did a bunch of stuff she wasn't supposed to do. 
So they're on the lookout for her to kill her. And she's just been stabbed. And she's on the run. And Eve is panicking. So, uh, Peter, since you only saw the first episode, what'd you think? Oh, I thought the premiere was great. I thought, um, I mean, the big thing I loved about the premiere was I loved getting to hang out with Villeneuve and the kid. And then, of course, oh, the hospital, right, 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 the hospital. And of course, like once the kid, you know, is thinking about his injuries and he's, his parents are gone and he's kind of like, you know, I don't really want to live anymore. You know, I'm just like, that is the worst person to say that to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, but, she's about to make your wish true. Right. I mean, but I have to admit, I think, Libya, you noted this, that normally when Eve kills, Eve, sorry, when Villeneuve kills people, I mean, being a, a psychopath, she kind of always, like, looks them in the eye. Because she likes this, to watch them die. Right. Right. She likes to watch them die. And in this one, it, it clearly was like a mercy killing. It, it, I mean, in her own warped way, that is... I do think she liked the kid. I don't think it was like, ah, I kill him. I think she was, what she thought in her mind was doing him a favor. Yeah, because um, she very clearly turns her head away and she won't look at him when she's doing it. Um, but I thought, I, I love the little jokes. I love the, the, the goofy pajamas. Because Villeneuve <laughs> has really cool outfits. So it was like, that's what she has to wear, you know? Like, um, But yeah, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was really good. And I uh, also, on the other end, I love, um, I like Eve um, having a reunion of sorts with, is it Caroline? No, her boss, you mean? The boss, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Which I'm assuming in episode two means she gets either a new team or something. Like, that's what I'm thinking they were going to do. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I, I, yeah, it was a really good, uh, uh, good premiere. Allison? Oh, yeah, I, I thought it was great too. I, I think it's, you know, I was kind of wondering, are they, are, how are they going to be able to keep up the momentum that they established in the first season? And the fact that they just started literally from like the moment it ended and carried it on, it just, it was, it, it sort of answered all my questions. You know, are they going to be able to keep this up? The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> they, they really did a fantastic job. I mean, I, I loved also along with Villanelle Eve, her, her reaction to having killed somebody in her, or is she or thinks she she's killed, assuming yeah, she, that she killed her? Um, you know, she's just completely shaken to the core, and yet at the same time, she has no one she can share this with. She right. can't even talk. She can't talk to her husband about it. Um, I love the scene where she's sitting in the bathtub, you know, holding her knees, and her crying. husband is saying she's crying, and her husband is saying, you know, what's wrong, and she's nothing <laughs> i know <laughs> sure i believe that absolutely um but yeah it's it's i i just love how everything is being put together and and villanelle i, I don't know if we're going to be talking are we going yeah, go to talk about the next second episode, episode yeah, as yeah, well because, because I, villanelle no. finally comes across somebody who surprises her um and and i guess he would not have been as difficult to take care of if she hadn't been wounded as badly as she was uh even then she manages to to overcome him but the the creepy factor it's like as soon as they walk into the house with all these dolls i'm thinking this is not good (laughs) this is not this is not the easy pushover guy she thinks he's going to be um yeah but it, it it was it was brilliantly done and i was hoping that she didn't actually for reals kill her handler 
and uh, he makes his appearance at the end. And I was I was actually almost cheering at the screen. It's like oh, so he's not dead. I called it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they see it. They you they see him at the very end. They bring oh, good. him. Good. I like that character, so I'm glad he's not dead. Well, yeah, well, I think the actor is fantastic. I, right. I think he handled the character fantastically. Although, so how I'm glad is he alive? Like. Hmm. I, I don't. I don't remember because I don't remember the finale. I remember she shot him, right? She shot him in the gut. She shot. She shot him, but it looked like it. Had, it was a gut wound. Yeah, she shot him in the gut. Yeah. He he fell over, and it it sort of sounded, and and of course Carolyn made it sound like he he had died when she spoke to to Eve, but um, apparently that's not the case. Well, <laughs> one one thing that's so twisted that I really love about Eve and Villanelle is that. When she's describing to somebody, you know, the person that stabbed her, she's like, "Oh, it just means she loves me," or something. <laughs> and and I was, and the guy was like, "What?" And then there's this other scene where she's rubbing over her stitches, and you can tell she's thinking about Eve, and she's got this mm-hmm. smile on her face. And I was like, "You are not right." <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's what I love about the show. And I'm really glad that, I mean, the only thing that I'm slightly disappointed in is they basically now at the end of the second episode, we're back to where we were, where she now has a new handler. She's back on the assassin team and they're like, we're going to have you tamed. And I was like, have you met her? But they, (laughs) they're like, you're back on the team. You're going to be on a short leash now. And we're going to, you know, you're going to go back to your missions and Eve, as Peter Guest, has a new team, but two of the people are the same, and two of the people are different. So it's not a brand new team. Um, so you have new cast members. Yeah, you got a couple new cast members. but mm-hmm. um, So it's kind of like we're now back to where we were. Go. But I don't think it's exactly back to where we were, because uh, first of all, I don't think Villanelle is going to just say, okay, sure, I'm going to oh, go Of course along. not. With the of plan, course not. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that's that's not going to be. And also, Eve no longer really entirely trusts the people she's working with either. So um, I think that there's there's a different dynamic going on. And also, the there's there isn't this sense of of Villanelle being pursued without her knowledge. It's now Villanelle who's doing the pursuing uh, every bit as much, and this this intense obsession. That the two of them have, albeit yeah, in they, different ways. Yeah, but they both have the. Both of them are absolutely obsessed with each other. It's really oh, yeah. just bizarre. But yeah, I love it. All right, we're saying thumbs up. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, we're going to talk about God Friend of Me, and we're going to talk about the finale real quick. And Greg, here's the perf- the big question: Are you going to be tuning in for season two? Um, yeah, I think I would tune in. I think they've got to go a different direction because you know the first season seemed to be about tracking down um the you know the the origins of the god account and right now they've they've kind of played that story all the way through so they can't milk that along for another season it's got to have another you know uh story arc that's going to last to the end of the season i'd be interested to know what that's going to be uh since since they really decided at the end to wrap everything up i mean everything they they went out of their way i mean even you know <clears throat> Even the dad is leaving the church and he's going to get married and, you know, everybody pretty much got their jobs back and every, and people are going to Paris. And, I mean, everything was just wrapped up in a bow. I didn't think they might come back for season two. All right. Well, even if they do come back, I think I'm done. I mean, it's super 
hokey and happy and syrupy and sugary and um they have they're like out of five episodes there's always there's one that just really gets your heartstrings you're like oh my god that just really made me feel good but i i i think i'm out regardless of what they do i think i'm done with with it like you said this finale really just wrapped everything up i feel like it's a complete story i don't i don't need a season two so, and I right. knew going in, I could have told you at the pilot that they were never going to reveal who was behind the God account. It was never going to happen. And the fact that they put us through all these machinations just to come to the answer that I said at the pilot is kind of annoying. Um, yeah. You know, and yeah, and, and it really makes go ahead. for the those of us who were fans of uh, Person of Interest, it really just makes it seem like they took the underlying theme of Person of Interest and just kind of put like kind of a Facebook twist on it. Yeah, it pretty much is. It was like if like the only thing I was like, well, if the machine was doing this, this would all make sense. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. um, yeah, it was pretty lame. All right. Um but like I said, every couple episodes they would have some story that really did pull at your heartstrings. That kept kept me coming back. But we're going to move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Barry. And that's season two on HBO. And uh, Allison and Peter saw that. Go ahead. Again, this was another one where I thought, how are they going to be able to keep this go- this ball rolling over uh, another season? And the first episode actually, you know, felt a little weird because Barry's character seemed a little off to me. He seemed like a little too happy for for the kind of character that he is. Um, But it's I I think since then, they've course corrected a little bit and brought him back uh, to to the Barry that we know. And I think a lot of that that like super happy stuff that was happening in the first episode is explainable by him overcompensating, trying to and and not really fundamentally understanding why it would be a big deal that he killed his uh, his his mentor's girlfriend um, and what effect that would have on him. So it's like, yeah, he can move on because, you know, he doesn't necessarily really feel terribly deeply about things like that. But he, he doesn't get how how that sort of thing, the death of uh, or disappearance of another person to another to another human being is meaningful. So that started to make more sense to me. Other than that, I, I, I love where the show is going. They've brought all the characters, you know, back. Uh, so that they're they're interacting in in a great way. It's still extremely funny, um, and uh, I've just, I just I think they're they're going. I, I I still don't know how they're going to continue. I understand it's been renewed for a third season, and I don't know how they're going to do that. But at least for the the current one, um, I'm definitely in for the ride because it's it's back to being very very funny and very very pointed in terms of just its observation of people who at least want to be in the industry, if not are in the industry. Um, I would agree with everything that Allison's saying. I, I guess for me, um, I am, I'm not as enthused about this second season, even though what I like about the show is Barry in an acting class, you know, he's got his self, self his narcissistic girlfriend. He kind of is trying to like really get to know the Henry Winkler. What is, what's, what's his name? 
the acting in Kramer Miller's character. Oh, Gene Cousineau? The- yes, Gene Cousineau. Like, I love all of that stuff. And I, but I gotta say, if it wasn't for the the bald Eastern European guy who I love, I don't. Oh, yeah. Hank, he's great, yeah. great. But I don't really like. I don't really like any of the crime subplots. And so, like, when the first season ended, and it was like, oh, it seems like he pretty much killed her. It didn't occur to me how big of a deal that would be for the second season. And I guess the problem for me. And Allison, you can tell me if you agree or not, but it sounds like you're liking the show more than I do, which is that, like, ultimately, it it feels like that that murder or that disappearance or whatever is making – they're really leaning hard into that kind of mid-2000s, like uh, – the only other show I can think of is, like, Dexter, where it's kind of like this character does something and are they going to get caught and how long – can they have their normal life without, and I just don't know if I need to see another show do that. I think that's my problem. But again, I think, I think uh, Bill Hader is very good. I like, I like the observations about LA. I guess I just, I don't know. I mean, like how much can we have a show that is the whole, Oh, he's got this secret life and who, you know, who knows when he's going to get caught. I'm like, eh, that, that doesn't tire you a little. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, first of all, the the first season was that as well because the whole idea was that um, the 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 policewoman was, per, um, and I'm forgetting what her character's name is now, but her, she was pursuing him through the entire season and trying to find out if he was the one who killed the actor at the beginning, and which is you know ironic because it's the only person who he didn't. But um, the uh, the fact that they've now shifted gears and made it like she's the one who they're they're pursuing as far as the you know he now are we seeing barry as as the the killer of this woman so it's it's just shifted gears but it's the same idea of of you know him being pursued by the police for a possible murder now i i don't know if we can yeah i certainly but because i i don't know if we can do that for a third season but i think i think i'm i'm at least in for it for for the second yeah, I know, and I am too. Um, but I just wanted to note that was my reservation. But I still like the show. Obviously, it's yeah, very well made and everything. Like mm-hmm. you know, engaging. All right. All right. So I'm not sure if you guys are giving that thumbs up. I think Allison's giving a thumbs up. I'm not sure what Peter's giving it. I'm still a thumbs up. Yeah. I'm still All amazed. right. Next up, we're going to talk about American Gods, which I apologize, totally my fault. Why we haven't talked about this since it first premiered because I wasn't caught up, but now I'm mostly caught up. And that I've seen the first five episodes. So, uh, and I have to say, watching, binging them and watching them all at once was fantastic. Uh, and I think I like season two better. I think really? Main, yeah, mainly because season one, it was all about who is Wednesday, what's going on, who is this, what does this mean? There was a lot of ambiguity about what the story was. And, you know, Shadow didn't know what was going on. Now I can't say that he really entirely knows what's going on, but at least he has a clue. And at least he's on the same page as everybody else. Uh, and they're inv- and they're basically building up, ready to go to war. And yeah, I, I like it better because everyone's more open and out about their powers and who they are. And, and so now we just are worrying about the story. And I like that a lot better than uh dead wife resurrecting and 
all that. I, yeah, I like it a lot better right now. I take hmm. it you don't. No, I, 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 I mean, it's, I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it to a point, but I think that a lot, I, I was kind of wondering, since I know that there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes and a, a big, huge overhaul of, of the producers and writers and, and some of the actors as well. And I, I wondered how that would impact on the show. And uh, from my point of view, it has not impacted in a positive way because there's a lot of, there's just this stylistic difference that I'm finding is is very much obvious. It's There was just a, a kind of a lyricism to the first season that I'm finding missing in the second. And there's uh, also because they lost two critical characters. I know they um, lost media. Who's media, the other? They lo- the other one was Easter. Easter. And, Who's Easter? I can't um, remember Easter. That was um, now I'm blanking on on her name. Um, I will oh, say I do not she like was, she, new media. I don't like new media at all. So no, but the, the, that's part of it. Part of what's going on is that they've had to devote additional time to establish new characters and reasons why why the old the other characters are not there anymore. Well, you know, they didn't they really walk- talk about Easter at all, though. Well, but there are things that she should have been doing in the story, and they can't have her there. So instead of in, they haven't her. replaced her, they they that she was she came in at the end. Kristen Chenoweth, uh, played oh the yeah, um, okay, but she was only like in the finale, right? But she was going to continue on. She continues to be a factor in the story, and they had to eliminate that. They 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 had like some offhand comment of, "Well, she really resented you running over her bunnies with your car, so she's not in anymore." But she was, uh, she is a part of the story, and they had to eliminate her and give over what she's going to do to to other characters or just not talk about it at all. And uh, that uh, didn't bother that, that didn't bother me at all because I really. I didn't miss that. The new media thing is very blatant. Like, yeah, I think that's they, the biggest are, thing. They could not just eliminate what she needs to do, so they they created a whole new character to take over for her, and it it just didn't really. Well, she doesn't have the gravitas. Well. Yeah, no. The, the new media chick is it's like a sixteen. Well, she's not really sixteen. She's probably like twenty, um, and she doesn't have the gravitas of Jillian Anderson. It's just yeah, she just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And um, so and I just felt like we spent too much time trying to introduce her. There was like there all was. this effort and all this time to bring in this new character, which should have been devoted to story instead. It did. So, the only thing, because I knew the Jillian, Jillian Anderson quit. So I understood that happened. Yes. And that's not the show's fault. So you got to fix it. And that's fine. I'm talking about what I really appreciate is that you've got you're about to go to war and everybody's picking sides. And I really appreciated the moment where, Oh God, what is her name? She's the old God that got recruited by the new gods. And she was like a spy. And then she, she didn't want to pick sides. And the guy was like, well, if you don't pick sides, sides are going to be picked for you. And I I Uh... really felt bad for her because she should be on the old God side. A hundred percent. But it was the new media of tender and all that other, you know, the swipe left stuff that gave her Bilkin, more power. Bilkis. Bilkis. Is that her name? name? Yeah. yeah. And Bilkis. so that that's what gave her more power. And so she does owe stuff to the new gods. 
but she really feels more allegiance to the old. And she's in a really just terrible position. And I don't know which way she's going to go. I think, uh, what is it, Chaos? Mr. World? Is that his name, Mr. World? Mr. World, yeah. Uh, I think he's screwing up by pushing her the way he is. I think that's a mistake. So I really like that we're moving towards a big war. I like that Wednesday, or he's is, went and got his weapon that's like a hammer, but not a hammer. He called it something else. It's not the hammer. It's, it, it's a spear, actually. It's, I a think spear, it's a spear, but it has like a very... The, what what Thor's I don't remember the name, name for yeah, it. It has yeah. some sort of uh cool name and but I want to see what that spear does cuz they were talking about it. I was like, "All right, let's do this." And and only thing I'm worried about is everything is pointing to Shadow having this mysterious father and I was like, "Oh my god, is it going to be Wednesday?" That's too obvious. I, I, I would it. think it has to be Wednesday. It has it feels like it has to be, but it just feels like if it's if it if it is Wednesday, let's just do that reveal. Let's just do it because they've set it up in the flashback episode, mm-hmm. and it will explain why Wednesday feels like it's his business who Shadow dates and marries. Like he's all in his you know business about it, and it would explain why. Um, but I just like, I was like, okay, you guys have foreshadowed the heck out of this. Let's just do this reveal so we can move on to other stuff. Uh, so that's my only worry. All right, let's move on since I've, we've both chatted a lot about it. Uh, but I'm looking forward to, I give it a thumbs up. I'm liking it. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the flash who I hear people on this podcast did not like very much. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Greg, Greg, start. <laughs> yes, Greg, you start. What? What? Why you? You like texted me after the episode. You were like, "I'm out." <laughs> what? That's right. I'm what? done. I'm done. What? I mean, is... There's so many people on the. There've been so many people on the podcast who were just like, "Nope, I'm out." Nope, I'm out. I'm like, "No, I'm still watching. It's still entertaining." And I'm like, "Nope." Finally, I'm done. It was. Um, well, just uh, very quickly, you know. First, um, you know, I like tuning into the Flash. Because it's kind of it's kind of lighthearted, and they you know they just you know have the villain of the week or well actually no it's the villain of the season which it's always is, the vil- which is annoying yes and it's always yeah, a speedster the, yeah yeah and so I mean um, <clears throat> and so you know here we are we had this this villain who is the cicada but um, you know and then they introduce a new cicada and then this week it's like we don't even discuss it at all that was that was one problem. Um, the second problem is then they decide to go into because the last episode, you know, is when um, Nora, Nora, thank you. Nora's uh, secret is revealed, you know, and why she's actually there. Um, and so, um, you know, she gets put in the pipeline. And so we decide to spend an entire episode on this. And so right away as the episode starts and they start doing flashbacks of things they've already explained in exposition, I started to get a little angry because. I was like, look, you've already explained, you know, through exposition what her backstory is and how her mom, you know, um, suppressed her powers and all that. We don't need to see that. Mm-hmm. And they decided to spend all that time for that entire episode, like, explaining that. Well, the thing, I, the thing is, I felt like this episode should have been sooner. We should have seen this flashback instead of the exposition. But go ahead. Right. Yeah, yeah, because it would, I think it would have, timely, time-wise, I think it would have been placed better. It just kind of put a halt in all the action. And so, okay, so that made me angry. I thought, though, that the the friend getting killed, 
I thought that was kind of that relevant. Was predi- that was predictable, but relevant, yes. Yeah, but relevant, and so I, I did appreciate that. But then what really got me was just like the coup de grace of the whole thing. <laughs> was basically like at the end when unilaterally um, Barry just decides – um, well, no, I can't believe you anymore, and I can't trust you, and if I can't trust you, you can't be around me or my friends or anyone else that I care about, so I'm just going to like run you to the future, and that's it. And I was yeah. like, what the heck? And I'm just watching this going, what the heck? I mean, I can understand if this was like season one, and that's what he did, but season after season, they 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 demonstrate um, a personality flaw with Barry, and he has to go, go through the whole season in order to realize why he was wrong. And it's like, oh, he goes off unilaterally, unilaterally and does stuff. And then at the end, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I realized I should have counted on my friends to help me, blah, blah, blah. Then the next season, he goes off and he's like, no, I've got to take care of all these metahumans all by myself. And then at the end of the season, he's like, oh, I should have realized that I should have, you know, let my friends help me all along. And then he goes off and he goes and. and yeah, and I, next- I get it. I get it. I get it. Fast forward. So, yeah. So fast forward. He's married. And this is dealing with his daughter. And he unilaterally doesn't even let his wife say goodbye, runs her into the future where his wife can't even – it was just ridiculous. It's like you can't have a character that is supposed to grow every season and then you reset the character every season. I just – I can't. I can't spend my time watching this. (laughs) All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Allison, your thoughts. (laughs) Um, uh, well, you know, th- th- my thoughts have been expressed, uh, but, yeah, the, uh, the, the whole thing, because I, I didn't just bow out this last episode. I have been hate watching this thing for a while now. If we didn't cover it in the podcast, I would have deleted it off my DVR ages ago. Uh, it's just, there's this level of stupid with this show that they just never overcome. Everybody acts like they're about 12 years old. There's not a single adult on the show. No one behaves the way a human being behaves. The The writers seem like they that, just get themselves really yeah. drunk and then and then bang out an episode I, I say, without I, any I will, idea of... I will, I, will conf- I will contest the adult thing, which is the adults, which is um, the chief... Well, he's not a chief, he's a detective. Uh, good lord, the the dad, he behaves like an adult ninety five percent of the time. I uh, wouldn't say ninety five. I mean, he high. occasionally does, you know, more than the other characters. I think do. he does. I think, but he does. he's, you know, most of the time he's consigned to the sidelines anyway. So, and nobody listens to anything he says. So he has no authority whatsoever. So even if he does make a rational decision or he does behave like like a, a reasonable human being, it it has no ripple effect with the other characters whatsoever. So my, I, I'm just I. I'm so tired of this show. It's like the the writers seem like they have no concern about continuity. I mean, not just from season to season, but from scene to scene. Um, Things happen that don't make any sense and they don't care. Well, I will fundamentally don't care. I will be the slightly positive not, not really big positive, slightly positive, (laughs) which is, uh, and, and then I'm going to say something negative first, which is I don't care about Cicada. I didn't. I never cared about Cicada or the new Cicada. So your comment that this stopped the action, I don't. So what? Cicada is not an interesting villain. Um, it never has been. The actor playing the original Cicada was terrible, and I hated every moment he was on screen. The new Cicada, uh, all right, I guess. 
but it's not a very good villain for the season. Cicada's been a terrible villain for the season. The reason that I've been enjoying this season has been Nora. I loved her introduction. I like her being there. Um, I think that I was really glad that somebody went off on Sherlock, who always thinks that he's smarter than everyone in the room. He's like, oh, I suspected for months that she had this top secret. I didn't tell anybody because I didn't finish my... It's like he doesn't under, he doesn't understand people. Uh, and so I'm glad that somebody actually went off on him, even though he thought he was being brilliant by doing this reveal. Uh, and I agree, the whole Barry, like, even though before I watched it, I had been warned by everyone that Barry was going to do this, so that wasn't a surprise to me going into the episode. So I went in knowing that was going to happen, so it didn't affect me as much, but obviously, not talking to his wife is going to have ramifications, and I don't know why he thought that was his right to make that decision, other than he was like, well, she came back in the past to see me, so I'm the one that's important in this situation, but that's stupid. Um, yeah. but I do want to yeah. see the next episode where Iris reads him the riot act, um, because he deserves it, but I don't care. I, the cicada storyline could be over and done with, and I'd be perfectly happy. Well, yeah, just, yeah, it should be just, over and done. With, right. But... I just, I just want, I actually want the rest of the season to deal with Nora and her family. 100%. Yeah, but what's the point? What's the point? Because, yeah, they're going to have the whole sit down with Barry again. And, yes, you were wrong to not let her say goodbye. And he's going to go. There's a difference. Oh, there's a difference her. between the group having a a one of those, you know, interventions and being all nice to Barry and telling him how he made it versus your wife going off on you for stealing your child away. That's not the same conversation. No, uh, but it may not, but it's the same vague situation where he's doing something dumb, has to get called up on it, whether it's by the group or by his wife. It's it's the well, same thing me, of doing it, something it, it's, it's in, impulsive and childish. Right, it is. Out of, I, I, out of I, I, under, I understand what you're saying, but I'm invested in the relationship. Okay, well, you have, of... you have a right to. I, I just, I just, I'm tired of this because I keep seeing the same thing over and over again. And as for Cicada being a bad villain, yes, he is. But that's, it's like, why introduce this character if you're not going to come up with a, a compelling? Oh, I have, character I have or no a idea. They haven't, they haven't had a good villain on this show since uh, Reverse Flash. Reverse Flash no. has been the one and only good villain on this show for the entirety of the show. I'm yeah. not disagreeing with that. I, so I agree I've, with you entirely. I've, but I've my, my feeling given is up on why them having a good villain. Seem, yeah, they just seem they just seem bored with what they're doing, and they don't care. That's, I just I think they're they out care, of ideas. They, they do something better. It's not about caring. I think literally they're out of good ideas. Or but whatever. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move yeah, on. Yeah, you're right. Uh, next up, uh, let's talk about White Dragon, which is a show on Am- Amazon. And I'm not actually sure when it dropped on Amazon. I think earlier in the spring. But I found it or was reminded that it was there recently. And so I watched five episodes in like two days, maybe. And then I asked anyone on the list to watch. And Allison was very nice and watched the pilot for me. So... What did you, because I don't want to, I don't remember exactly where the cutoff is, so what did you think of the pilot and Mr. John Sims? Well, I love John Sim, um, so that was part of the reason why I was like, oh, I'll watch that, sure. Um, but the the show is, is interesting. It's 
the, the as far as the first episode is concerned, it's basically just setting up all the 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 pieces pieces and putting them in in the order they need to be, so that you know going forward, you know what we're doing story wise. Uh, just rearranging the board, basically. Um, so the the basic gist of it is that he's he's a teacher and an author. Uh, he seems to be speaking about politics, and um, he finds out that his wife uh, died in a car crash in Hong Kong, and he goes to retrieve her body and finds out that. He was not her only husband. And there's this whole second life that she was living that he knew nothing about. And her death is proving out to be dodgy. And uh, the people. There's a huge cover up by the police and other people. And there's there's something additionally going on with her her uh, Hong Kong husband. And she has a daughter, a grown daughter uh, by this guy. And all of these things are going on, and um, he has gotten to the point where he's listened to the last phone call that she made, uh, which he didn't get immediately. And he has to go through a whole thing of charging his phone before he can get this phone call, which apparently nobody else knew about, um, where she's apologizing that he's going to find out a bunch of terrible things about her, and before she can finish... Uh, the accident happens, well, accident, where she's she's uh, crashed into by a big truck, and you hear the siren going on in the background, and then a gunshot. And that's that's kind of where we leave, is where, where we leave him, is where he's found out that it wasn't just a car wreck, it, she was deliberately murdered. But he has no, the, and the thing that's so great about it is, if someone had asked him the day before who would murder your wife, he'd be like, no one. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But now that he knows that she has this whole other life and she's been lying to him their whole lives, what I really like is that when he finds out that she has another husband, he assumes that he's the real husband and this other guy's like an interloper. And mm-hmm. then they go, she, the guy was like, well, how long have you been married to her? And Johnson was like, I've been married to her for four or five years and the other dude was like, yeah, I've been married to her for 20, so you don't count. And I was like, wow. I loved how they adjusted that but and, and adjusted basically your expectations and stuff. And then mm-hmm. when you also find out that, you know, he's got – she's got a daughter and her daughter has all these things going on. And the story, I will tell you, by where I am, episode five gets way more complicated and the cover-up gets way more extensive than you thought, and more people start to get killed who are either adjacent to what's going on to her or uncovering stuff that's going on with her. Just bodies just keep dropping. And you're just like, what is going on? Uh, and I, I really, I think they do a really good job with the mystery. So if you guys have a chance, check it out. It's on Amazon. It's called White Dragon. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, The Magicians, and this was their season finale. And wow, they, they were like, go big or go home, you know? <laughs> um, they basically, because there's this moment where you're wondering, I mean, because the thing is, this is not new for The Magicians, for them to have the fate of the universe in their hands, and they have to do these big things, and it looks like there's going to be a sacrifice, but they always come through in the end. 
you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for all of this to happen and then Quentin basically gets disintegrated, I was like, huh. Well, <laughs> I didn't I didn't quite see that coming. Um and I have been a proponent of anti-Quentinism for uh since the premiere of the show. I've hated Quentin forever. But I will say the one highlight of Quinn has always been Quinn and Elliot. I love them together. Uh, so I'm actually really sad that he got disintegrated before they really retrieved Elliot. So they didn't right. really get a goodbye. Like they sort of got a goodbye at the funeral somewhat, but they didn't really get a goodbye. Mm-hmm. And that broke my heart more than anything else. So, meh, sad. <laughs> Uh, Greg, what'd you think? Yeah, so as much as I hated The Flash, I liked this episode. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I think, I think magicians, I, I mean, they just, like, like you said, go big or go home. They knocked it out of the park. I mean, so much stuff happened. And, and, and it was just like, bam, 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 bam. You know, it's like, you know, they kill the girl. You know, Josh gets turned back from a fish. Um, you know, um, Katie and the librarian receive their antidote from the poison room. Um, you know, th- they go to the old God universe with the scroll. They find out, you know, what they need to do about the God. Oh, and, and they got cake. Um, they have cake. Yes. They yeah. Got they, cake. they got cake, <laughs> you know, and then, but I knew something was up. Like I knew something was up when all of a sudden, you know, it seemed like, you know, the Q was really reluctant to, um, go and, and kiss a uh, Julia, wait, not Julia. Um, um, what's her name? Uh, Alice. Alice. Yeah. Alice. You know, he was like, he was still hating her. It was like, I can't trust you. And then all of a sudden, like they had that tender moment when they kiss. I'm like, Oh, something's going on. Something's going on in the season finale. I'm not really sure. Um, but then, you know, they get the, they get the other demon, you know, Elliot is back. Um, they, they enter the mural world. Um, you know, they, 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 and they, and they didn't take a long time to find it. They were like in there. They were like, they're already there. You know, next thing you know, Everett's standing there, you know, they do. They, and, and then they have the, the massive climax with the explosion and everything. All of that happened in like 40 minutes. Right. For the episode. It was just, it was just fantastic. And then of course, you know, the, the falling action, you know, with the, around the campfire. And oh, I work. like how you call it falling action. Sorry. Oh, um, because I thought that's what it's called. I know. Rising most people, action, falling action. Most people fall. don't use the correct terms. That's all. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's not sorry. I'm congratulating you. Saying thank you. Oh, hey. Okay, good. Um, yeah, and they had the whole, um, you know, where they sang the song. I thought that was just. I thought everything was just brilliant. I think it, this is this is just a excellent show. I, 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 I really like that Penny was the one who escorted him through the whole afterlife. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. that maybe oh, that's, little... that's sort of his job, you know. At that I point. know technically it is, but normally in a show, when you kill a big character, we don't get to see them in the afterlife and the funeral. Well, we might we get to see the funeral, but we don't get to see them watch the funeral and have comments on it and stuff. So, I really like that they took because of how the nature of this show, they took something that's kind of a trope. And they turned it on its head a little bit and made it a little more moving than it normally would be. That's all. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was genuinely surprised because the whole time that it was happening, I was thinking, okay, well, how are they going to get out of this one? I guess they'll rescue him somehow next season, just like they do with everybody else. And, and then nope. I, I <laughs> realized, no, that's not going to happen. And I read later that, no, they he is leaving the show. And other than maybe coming back for a flashback, his character is done. And I was, I really thought that that was, that was gutsy to do. That was really brave. I will Not miss his real. character. I mean, uh, really? Because he's, I felt like he, him and Alice were both the weak links of. Except wait, 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 that he is, he is the main, especially in the books and even in this show, he was introduced. He was the first character we are introduced to. He's the point of view character from the beginning. And I agree that I don't think he was anywhere near the strongest character. Although once they started settling into this being more of an ensemble show rather than you know the the quentin and alice hour it got a lot better and i liked him as part of the mix and i will miss him as part of that group yeah because i think that he added something to yeah as a group yes i also really loved the relationship that he had with elliot yeah that um, was my ship i shipped the heck out of that yeah, so I, I, me too. I, I loved that. I loved him with Elliot a whole lot more than with Alice. Oh yeah, they were super boring. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and I think it's really tragic that they don't have that last moment together. That you know they don't get to do anything. You know, by the time Elliot is is brought back, uh, you know Quentin's already off saving the universe and getting killed so uh that's i think that they'll address that too uh next season in in elliot's character but um i i was really really surprised and also what i thought was interesting was that when quentin is finds himself in the afterlife the first question he has is did i do something heroic or did i just find another way to kill myself yeah that was good i i I hadn't even looked at it you know it's been so long since we've had first season quentin who was depressed all the time and wanting to commit suicide and and all of that that i really hadn't even thought about that and it brought me back to that that part yeah. of the character so i thought overall it was a great episode uh, like greg said there's just a ton of things happening and things being being uh, wrapped up and done and i want to say one thing at the end that i thought was was interesting was that before they get rid of the monster in elliot he has that one moment where he's he's just talking to himself about how much he he has grown to love this world and it's kind of tragic actually when yeah. they destroy him and then throw him forever into an abyss because uh, he had, he was like on the edge of maybe not being. Eh, he was still like, going to be a monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's literally yeah. in his name. Yeah, so. he was still cracking people's bones. Yeah, yeah. It was, he could yeah, still but, he could hey, appreci- appreciate beauty and still kill you. So yeah, I do have to caveat my uh, my previous statement though, where I said that this is a great show and I think everyone should watch because I was talking to my mom that night where I was telling her I was going to watch the magicians because they're. You know, and there wasn't much on TV, and I kind of recommended to her to watch it. And then, as I'm watching the episode, I'm like, "Wow, they curse a lot." Can't <laughs> yes, be sure this is for my mom. Oh, come on! Your mom has <laughs> cursed more than you know, so I think she'll be fine. <laughs> uh, my mom startled me a couple of times, where because I realized she watches her language around me until she gets surprised, and all of a sudden she's cursing like a sailor, and I was like, "Mother!" So I think I think your mom would be fine. She's heard it before. 
Uh, let's move on. Next up, we're gonna talk about Fossey. What? Fossey Verdon. Verdon. All right, you and Peter, uh, give it to us. What? What is the show? And how? I've never heard of it. So. Well, I've only seen. I've seen the pilot. So there's been two episodes. I've seen the pilot. It's basically about. It looks like it's following um, Bob Fossey and Gwen Verdon through about. 20 years i think if i'm right it's basically up to when he's gonna die mm-hmm. does he have a heart attack in real life is that what happens allison uh yeah he did he had a right. heart attack he, so, had, he had had health issues for a while and well, actually if you've just... seen all that jazz it's all it's sort of semi-autobiographical so it, it's like it's like he he presaged his death before in film before he actually experienced it yeah, well, actually, I just saw all that jazz for my first time maybe two years ago with, uh, was it Roy, Roy Schneider? Roy Schneider? Yeah, Roy right? Schneider. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And I've always been a fan of Chicago. I like his, I like Bob Fosse's, um choreography, I guess. There's a kind of, fit, this kind of athleticism that he kind of brings to dancing and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I was very curious about it. it. It seems like the way the show is working is it's like, 19 years left, 18 years left, eight minutes left. That's why I'm like, oh, it's until he dies or whatever. Um, and the, it begins with him having the flop. Was it Sweet Charity? Is that the name of the movie? Yeah. And then, of course, he talks to a producer, which is, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul Rudd. Or not Paul Rudd. The guy from The Mad About You. Not, but what's his name? Paul Reiser. Riser, right, into convincing him and going over his head to do Cabaret, which, as we know, of course, Cabaret is huge. Like, it ends up being – it's a huge hit, and it gets nominated for Best Picture uh, and everything. And it's what defines Bob Fosse. It is what, de- yeah, right, what defines yeah. Bob Fosse, you know. And, and uh, I like the actress who they've got playing Liza Minnelli. Uh, I think she's doing a pretty good job. But uh, I like it. I mean, I, I feel like one of the things that – I don't know if this would ever be, you know, something that – uh Libya would be into but I would I would credit and Allison this might be kind of a strange thing but I I would credit Mad Men for there's something about the way that Mad Men presented uh the 60s in a way that wasn't just like nostalgia that I feel like ushered in shows like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel which I think is really more like the late 50s and this show which is more like the 70s there's a there's a quality. Well, it, go, it goes from like the d- depending. I mean, most of it is from like the 50s to the 70s, but it also goes back even further than that, you know, occasionally to, to his childhood. Oh, that's true. Right. With his domineering with his father. Right. 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 Like, always make them smile. I don't want to see I don't want to see the hard work. Right. That's what the dad's always saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really I really enjoy that about all these kind of shows. I really feel like there's a there's a way of like presenting these periods, it doesn't feel like it's costume time. It feels like all these these showrunners are really in it. And I feel that way about this, too. Um, so, again, I've only seen the, the, the pilot, um, so I can't really speak to episode two. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. I don't know. Actually, wait, Allison, do you know who, who, uh, who is the creator of the show? Is it somebody big? Like, do they... Um... I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. Actually, I think it, isn't Lin Manuel Miranda one of the producers oh, of this? Well, that would make sense then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, but I, I, I love how they they've done a great job of casting this show. Um, I, I think Sam Rockwell is. I would never have thought of him really as Bob Fosse before, but he really, um, 
channels him incredibly well. And and Michelle Williams as Gwen Verdon is amazing. I mean, it's yeah, like really she's cool. she's like incredible as her. Um, they do a lot of, I you know, I wouldn't say name dropping, more like face dropping. They don't actually a lot of times say who's in a particular scene who's supposed to be a famous person, but they'll get these actors and and they'll be dressed a certain way and talking about certain things. And if you're if you're into theater, it's like you'll be going, Oh my god, that's Hal Prince. Oh, that's Patty Chayefsky. Oh, that's so and so. Um, which I, I think is really nice. It's it's in it's better than just saying, Oh, hello, Patty Chayefsky. Well, thank you for saying that. You know, it's it's like you don't notice it if you're not a theater person, but if you are a theater person, it's a great little Easter egg. Um, so, so you've got, you've got scenes like that and the, the dancing is handled incredibly well. They recreate the choreography beautifully. Um, I, I just really am enjoying it and I'm, I'm enjoying the, the, the stuff in between the recreated, uh, dancing sequences. Um, because I think that the characters really bring a humanity to Fosse and Verdon and, and the people who are in their orbit. Well, we need to. I was gonna say we need to wrap this one up, guys. Oh, but either well, yeah, yeah. So I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm really like the only other one thing I wanted to say that I think Allison you would agree is that like, um, I think following someone who is a choreographer or two people that are are choreographers, it's an interesting thing because so much of what we think of as creative, we think of you know someone who's a writer, a director, an actor, and like the opening in the pilot has that moment where. Remember, he they keep cutting the dancers because he wants the shot to be tighter, and so mm-hmm. he's doing all of this so that like it has a certain kind of like looseness to it. By doing this, he has to cut the dancers. And normally, we would be like, "Oh, that sucks!" You know, that sucks to be a dancer and, and to be cut, and it, and it does suck. But you kind of understand why they're doing it, and that's the kind of things that I think the show does really well. If that makes sense, it's kind of a, kind of to what you're saying about the famous people thing, where it's like. They don't have to literally say it, but you understand it in the motion, in the staging. Okay, mm-hmm. guys. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. But okay. yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I would be giving a big thumbs up to this. And I would say if you're if you're all into musicals or theater or anything, or you just want a good show, this yeah. is this is a great one to watch. Agree. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about what we do in the shadows. And since uh, Allison's rave review of the pilot or whatever last time, I was like, oh, I'll give this a shot. But I should have listened to Peter because Peter was like, I don't know if this is your kind of show. And I was like, ah, why not? It's not my kind of show. <laughs> oh, that? <laughs> it's, uh, it's got vampires. I will give you that. Um, and I can see what it's trying to do. And I, I see the humor. Uh, the problem is it's not my kind of humor. I laughed zero times during the pilot. I didn't even <laughs> smile. What? Oh my nothing. God. You got nothing from me. Um, it's so funny. And, and this week they had Nick Kroll. I mean, like, it's... Come on, man. <laughs> uh, but you know me. You, like, know, you're always recommending comedies to me, and I'm always like, no, that wasn't funny at all. Your, no, no, it's true. And I did not know if this would be your thing. But I I don't know, man. I, I, they, this, they, they really... I got As a person who loves the movie, I was happy to see that... Uh, is his name Ty... Taiki Waki, the guy who directed yeah. Oh, yeah, well, um... He's right a now, producer, executive producer, name. yeah. He's a... So it's like him yeah. and Jermaine, Jermaine Clement, who was one of the stars of What We Do in the Shadow. They're like, they have made the show. But I was re- I was a little apprehensive, be like, well, 
how are you going to cast this? Like, who are the actors? And they're all great, man. I mean, like, the guy who plays the, the uh, is it Nadja? Is that her name? I think it's Nadja Guillermo. Like, oh, no, yeah, uh, yeah, Nadja. Yeah, and, I mean, like, um... which is something new because they did not have a female vampire in the movie. And she's fantastic. I think she's well. They great... did. They did have a female vampire in the movie, but she doesn't come in towards until towards oh, the right, end. Right. You're right. No, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, man, I've I've watched this show like I've watched the pilot like three or four times, and I've watched the other episodes. The one, the I I will tell you this. I was talking to Peter about the pilot, and I was like, I don't know if it needed to be an hour long, and he was like, it was twenty minutes or thirty minutes. Yeah. I was like, was it? It felt like an hour. I thought it was an hour. Are you sure? Well, there's there's your review right there. <laughs> well, come on, it like, didn't I... need to go a year and a half. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Allison, are you still liking it? I mean, I love oh, yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I'm still liking it. I, I really, first of all, I just love the trope of, of having this this documentary crew following around vampires. Um, <laughs> and I love the, the individual characters because they're just so bizarre. And, and I love the introduction of new characters like the, the psychic vampire that they have. Oh, I love Colin, that. Love you know, it. Colin Robinson. Um, and they always refer to him by his full name, Colin Robinson. Um, but the, in the most recent, in, in not the most recent, but in last week's episode, he, um, he met his match. You know, for he was he was oh, I loved boring it. people. Then he uh, met the emotional vampire. Yeah, the actress of uh, Vanessa. She's from Saturday Night Live. How yeah, her whole thing is that she's the person in the office that makes you feel bad. Like oh, my uh-huh. cat need, my cat needs to have surgery. I don't know. Like <laughs> oh, that was. Great. Actually, I kind of wish they had stuck together because they basically have a relationship, but then they break up. Like, um, yeah. But she was great. Yes, I thought that was really good. Really. Fun. And I just I love all her asides to the camera. It's like you know she's she's just whining and moaning and being so sad, and then she turns to the camera and grins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like the werewolf. The werewolf episode one was good too. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's really, so funny. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. Like, you're right. It's, I guess it's not Libby's thing, but um, does I anybody think, else? Watch I, I think it, you it, have it, to have the very right much, sort of humor. It has yeah, to be, it know. is very much an acquired taste. It's a it, it it is one of those things that either you'll find it hysterically funny or you'll just stare at it and it will not be your thing at all. Right. <laughs> right. Right, right. Yeah. I, I believe that is true. Get, well, if you, because, if you, if you give the pilot a chance and you watch the pilot, and if you think the pilot is funny, then this show is for you. If you do not think the pilot is funny, it's not going to get better. No. Yeah. So, if you've that, seen the movie and you like the movie, you'll right. probably like the TV show. If you didn't, then you won't. Um, and but yeah, I understand because I've been on the other side of that coin too. So, sure. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Star Trek Disco, and it was the season two finale, and me and Greg are on opposite ends of this episode. So I'll let you go first, since you are the well, guest. First, since you have the positive spin on this. <laughs> I don't want to end negative. Um, oh. Uh, well, well, I mean, okay. it's just, it's just. I, I think one thing, how about this? I will say the one thing we both probably agree on which is the space battles were, they were big and and they tried to make them epic, but they were yeah. big and boring. Um, yeah. And there was right. a lot, we spent a lot of time in the space battle, and I didn't understand why, like the battle of the binary stars was actually a pretty decent battle. Like that I could follow, and it was interesting. The show has more money now, yet the space battle in this one was snoozeworthy. Like I was like, wake me up when it's done. 
So I think we both agree on that, correct? Yes. Yes, okay. I would say so. And now when you get into the actual story, I like the story and the character beats. And I thought, because at first, in last week's episode, it looks like everyone's saying goodbye. I was like, why is everybody saying goodbye? And I was like, oh, the whole crew is going to go into the future. And I was like, okay, well, this will be good because... This is how they get around the continuity issues that they they were having and how they explain. And I liked that they wrapped everything up in a good way to where it explains why nobody ever talks about Discovery. Nobody ever talks about Michael. And so they, they explain all of that in a way that I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because at first I was like, well, I figured that's what they're going to do except Spock's on the team. And then I was like, well, they have to have some kind of way to get Spock off the team, which is, you know, they do that. Um... And I followed all the threads and all the, the 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 seven signals. All that stuff made sense, but I'd say the the only problem I had was the slowness of like the space battles were moving at one mile an hour, and I was like, "Why is this so slow? I don't understand." So, Greg, your comments. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this, but okay. um, I'm just going to be honest in that the only reason why the episode, I mean, yeah, it was kind of you know it was the you know, they had a lot of CGI and everything, things flying around and lots of battle. And Yeah, well, we, we covered that. Yeah. The battle just didn't yeah, work. Yeah, uh, But it was, for me, it was, it just seemed like over and over throughout the episode, there were absolutely zero male heroes. And so it was like, as I'm watching the episode male, as a male. You don't think right? uh, Anson Mount's Captain Pike and Spock were male heroes? No, no, not in this episode. And I'll tell you why. Um, because basically, uh, Captain Pike, pretty much, even though there was a whole bunch of stuff going on all over his ship and the torpedo and everything, he sat on the bridge. And Spock pretty much sat in the shuttle the entire time. Now, sure. they had great dialogue. Spock had great dialogue with Burnham. But Burnham was doing all the action to save the planet. Burnham's the star of the show. Totally get that. That's great. But then for the rest of the show, the heroes were... Um, the, every everybody everybody's about to be destroyed, and then who shows up? It's the big Klingon vessel powered by the female chancellor. And yeah, you're about to catch flack for this. You're right. Go ahead. Yeah, and then um, and then uh, and then Saru's sister. She's the hero. Um, the chancellor's a hero for showing up. The sister's a hero for showing up. And then they were trying to figure out how to do something. And then they had the queen from the planet who showed up. Then on the ship. Um, to go battle uh, when what's his name beamed on board um, uh, on Discovery. Um, they got the bomb that beamed on board. Are you talking about no, the bomb? The, no. Uh, no, when the uh, control, when control beamed on board. Michelle uh, Yeoh people, got to yeah, fight the him. The two people that went to go handle it was Giorgio and the um, uh, the Barzon. Um, the Barzon, uh, who? Crew person. Oh, she's no, she's the head of security. She's security yeah. chief. So they went to go handle that situation. And then on the Enterprise, the two people that went to go handle the torpedo was Rebecca Romaine's character and the Admiral. Well, the cap, to be fair, the captain should have remained on the bridge. That well, is yeah. proper that protocol. Just hasn't been, yeah, that hasn't been like typical history of Star Trek, which I kind of understand. It has been, well, other than Kirk, Kirk is the only one who doesn't do that. You do realize that, right? But anyway, yes, I am calling foul on your issue with women being the heroes, considering that we've had 
100 years of males being I, heroes and you, we know, have one episode of females being heroes and you're like this episode's terrible no 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 i'm not saying the episode was terrible i'm just telling you how i felt at the end of the episode in the episode i just felt like well this was an okay episode but i didn't feel like there that i could identify with the heroes so you're tell i had to spend 100 years identifying with male heroes I but understand. you can't spend an episode identifying with female heroes. Is that what you're telling me? I understand. Me? And so in, in when we were watching the original series, you're more than within your, um, you know, to, to say that, you know what, there are no female heroes in this episode. So In the I entire the series? In the entire yeah, series? in the entire series. So okay. I should be within my rights to say that this is how I felt at the end of the episode. Except that I never said that. I have never had that it, issue. And so I, I just think that, you know, it's kind of like the same way I felt, you know, but, you know, um, at the end of watching um, of, uh, you know, Maleficent, uh, where all the male characters were dumb and all the female characters were the heroes. You know, I understand. I mean, I, I get that, you know, we've had hundreds of years. I would just like, you know, uh, I just wanted a little balance, you know. Um, I'm just, I, I will, I, no, I'm not, I'm not giving you that one. I'm not. Mainly because... We've had, as females, had to I be able to identify with male characters when we watch a story. And we've had to be able to do that to enjoy the story. We didn't have a choice. So for you to be like, well, this episode had nothing but females and I couldn't identify with them, that's BS. Uh, you need to change your worldview in that it's not about whether the character is male or female. It's about whether or not the character is a good character, period. It shouldn't matter to you if she's female at all. You should just see good characters. That's all you should see. That's all I've seen when I watch TV. That's how I've had to watch TV. Uh, and so, no, I'm not giving you any points for that at all. Well, no, no, I'm not expecting points. I just wanted to express uh, this is how I felt about the episode. I think you're going to have a lot of male fans who felt that same way, especially since you've seen yeah, get over the yourself. backlash from... The Star Wars films, and so I just want to put that out there because that's. I but think, that's. Uh, I don't I think, think that that's healthy. I don't think, I think we're looking for balance and not to swing the pendulum completely the other way. If you were coming to me and telling me, "Oh, the plot was bad," or "I didn't follow this," then that's one thing. But if you're counting how many females are in the story, then that's on you. That's not the story's problem. I no, gotta not. say, oh, look, look, I haven't watched. I haven't really seen season two of Disco, um, so I can't comment on that. But I was I had muted your conversation because I didn't want spoilers, and I just came back and I heard all this. <laughs> um, uh, I will I will say though the only thing I will say it will sound like I'm in Greg's defense, but I'm on the opposite side. Is that um, there's a new video game that uh, is coming out in a week that I got an advanced copy of, and I like it. Like I'm liking it so far, but I have to say. I am a little bummed that I was like, Ugh. I was like, once again, like it's a white guy, you know, it's a white male. And like, so there is a part of me that's just like, really this again, like, can we have more? Like, so I, I don't exactly know what Greg was saying. It sounds like Greg was maybe on the opposite, he but was I was saying I, that he was saying he can't enjoy a show if there's just all females. Well, I mean, uh, right. Cause I, but I think, I think to me, representation is pretty in representation and inclusivity is is really important right now so to me like i would be fine if disco was all women like i really don't need to ever see any more white men like it's not that you can't like obviously i just talked about how great bob fought the fossey show is yeah he's sam reckles great and everything but 
I, I don't know, man. I think inclusivity is really important. And so more representation, and especially things like video games and sci-fi, where it's so for so long has been white males, I think that's really important. Anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to move on. Because okay. uh, this, this is a whole other conversation. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about the blacklist. And uh, we're at the end-ish. We have a two-hour finale coming up where, in theory, they will reveal the big secret that Red has been keeping all seven seasons, whatever season big we're on. secret that we all know. <laughs> yes, everyone on this podcast pretty knows, pretty much knows. Everyone knows the big secret. Well, but... we accept that we can't say it out loud because, really, no. the rest of the crowd does not know. Oh, okay. uh, but all of us know because we can't keep our mouth shut. Um, but that's supposed to be the big reveal to our event. And there's this in the preview, there's this moment where where Liz is like, Red, I know everything. And I'm like, you probably don't. <laughs> I was like, no, you don't. I don't believe you. Um, and they had like, in the, they're like, I went through all this surgery to do the thing. And we're like, oh, he's an imposter and blah, 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 blah. And then they got a picture of Red's father. Yes. We established that that was Red's father and they got a picture of him. And, um, that's all supposed to lead to all these other things and blah, 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 blah. And I'll believe it when I see it. They've been stringing us along for so long on this storyline that until they actually say the words out loud, that's when I'll believe that that's that that they actually are going to reveal this. I almost want to put some money on it, but um, <laughs> this week's episode was uh, actually a misdirect. So Red was all about trying to discover the third, the third estate. party, the third estate. Thank you, the third estate. And it was all actually a misdirect to get rid of an enemy of the people that he's actually trying to take down. It was all—it was actually pretty smart. I was like, oh, Red's going up against a woman who's smarter than him. I like it. Um, but what did you guys think of this episode of really rich, whiny teenagers uh, holding themselves hostage for their parents? Um, I have to say that the moment they shot the kid, I thought, oh, no, he's in on it and they're going to find him alive later. And that's exactly what happened <laughs> because it's I, I mean, it's it's been done before. It's, it's well, kind what's of a, weird is I, I felt like the dad was in on it. Like he was like, I refuse to pay the ransom. And then when the son gets killed. He shows up at the other family's house and's like, my son was killed because I didn't pay the ransom. You should totally not pay the ransom. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't understand what his point was, like, what he was trying to prove. Um, and that's why I almost felt like he was in on whatever was happening. But he ended up not being, which was even more confusing. Um, it was very right. un-John Boy of him, too, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg, it was since... a weird part to see him in. I swear to God, it wasn't who I was expecting. Uh, any thoughts? Uh, did you see this episode? It sounded like you saw it. Me? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, as I'm watching the episode, I'm kind of wondering, like, does Red really know that it was Liz that ratted him out? No, and he, he does just not. Wants, no, no, he doesn't know, know at because all. It's like he's going and making examples of all these people. Is like even Dembe, like, had to, like, take a break, okay, because, mm-hmm. because Red is just assassinating people trying to find out who turned him in. And I'm just wondering, does he think – that Dembe I, 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 knows, and he's trying to force Dembe to tell him, or... He doesn't so. suspect... He might, 
that might be a thing that he might think that Dembe knows, but he 100% doesn't think it's Liz, mainly because Liz doesn't know that he's been going around killing people. So if he was doing it to, to mess with Liz, she would know. She doesn't find out until Dembe's like, he's been killing folks and I gotta tell. Yeah, uh, and so basically, like, yeah, you're either gonna tell him or I am. Right. Uh, and I was like, well, she's not going to kill the Dembe to keep him quiet. So, yeah, she's going to... It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. But, I mean, he's going to be upset, but he's not going to do anything to Liz. We know that. And she should know that. Well. <laughs> well, that's... He's going a little crazy. But, yeah, the teenager thing, you know, that was just the, you know, the, the villain of the week. Um, I didn't. I didn't totally see it coming... With the you know staging the shooting of the the kid and everything, but um, the only thing that just made you know this kind of made me mad was the the, the stupid uh, um, a rich guy who was like you know no I refuse to pay and then when his son got killed he's like blaming the FBI for his yeah problem. yeah uh, that was annoying. Yeah. All right, well let's wrap this one up. I think this episode was a decent standalone, but the proof will be in next week's two hour finale if they really. As we say, go big or go home, you know? All right. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weed Novelist, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.